This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. Blessed Easter Sunday to everyone. The Lord is risen, and I hope you go to Mass today. And I have for you a famous homily by St. Vincent Ferrer on this blessed feast day, this most important of all feast days for Catholics. And the second, right afterwards, I have a short thought by Hilaire Belloc in the form of poetry that is also dedicated to Easter. So I hope you find this helpful and joyful, even though in the coming days we'll return to our typical bad news. So anyway, blessed Easter, everyone, and let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. Sermon of St. Vincent Ferrer. He has risen. He is not here. See Matthew chapter 8, 28, verse 6. In the present Sermon on the Resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, God wishes to pour into our hearts a spiritual feeling of sweetness and of blessings of the feast for the consolation of souls. We return to the Virgin, saying to her, Hail Mary. Note the assigned text implies the good news of the glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ, which the good angel announced to these three Marys, who with great devotion, running together, arrived at the tomb of Christ, saying to them, He is risen. As if he said, his body has already left the tomb, his soul is no longer in limbo, because he is already gone, and his humanity is not here, nor his body, because he has already risen. As if he said, you should not seek him here. To explain these words, it must be known that the resurrection of Christ, above all other resurrections of dead persons, which had ever happened previously, had two great excellences. First, because it was powerful. Second, because it was glorious. Many had risen from the dead to life, both in the Old Testament and in the New, but they did not rise through their own power, but by Christ's. However, Christ rose from the dead to life by his own power, not another's, as true God. Because his body in the tomb had infinite power, for raising itself from its conjunction with divinity and also his soul in limbo, as St. Thomas says, it was not such for any other dead person, because a dead body otherwise has no power, nor even the soul to raise itself up, as David says. A spirit that goes, supply to death, and returns not. See Psalm 77. Supply, by its own power to life. Of Elijah and Elisha, we read that they raised the dead in the Old Testament. Likewise, we read that the apostles and other saints raised various dead people. But how? By praying and petitioning. Not of their own power, nor of the dead, but the power of God and only ministerially. St. Thomas says where he concludes that only God can make miracles in the response to the first objection. that some angels are said to work miracles, either because God works miracles at their request in the same way as holy men are said to work miracles, or because they exercise a kind of ministry in the miracles which they take place, as in collecting the dust in the general resurrection, or by doing something of that kind. These words he, St. Thomas, in the above location, also the same St. Thomas in his first objection and in De Potentia, that the saints can work miracles in two ways, namely, by petitioning and by power, that is, without a manifest prayer proceeding. However, in both cases, God works principally, the saints only instrumentally. From these words, it is clear that the saints do not work miracles by their own virtue or power, but by God's, because they work miracles only by praying and ministering instrumentally. But the resurrection of Christ today happens only through his own power. And so Christ was saying, I put down, that is, lay down, my life and take it up again. No man takes it away from me, that is, violently, 
But I lay it down of myself, and I have power to lay it down, namely through death. And I have power to take it up again, namely through resurrection. The second excellence was because this resurrection was glorious. Christ rose to a glorified, immortal, and invulnerable life. Others who have been raised in the Old and New Testaments and who have been raised by the general law and course are raised to mortal life, to the hurtful miseries of this world, and afterwards would have to die again. But Christ, by a singular privilege, arose from death to glorious life. Christ rising again from the dead dies now no more. Shall death no more have dominion over him? See the letter to the Romans, chapter 6, verse 9. St. Thomas lists three reasons for this glorious resurrection. Because his resurrection was the model and cause of our resurrection, as is clear in 1 Corinthians 15, and second, because of the humiliation of his passion, from which he earned the glory of the resurrection, and third, because with the accomplishment of the mystery of redemption, from the glory of the soul glory overflowed into his body, although before by special dispensation, that overflowing had been impeded, so that he might complete the mystery of our redemption by his passion. These two excellences of the resurrection of Christ are subtly touched on in the theme. First, namely, that it was powerful. It touched in that word as if active. He has risen. It doesn't say he has been raised by another, as was Lazarus. But he has risen, namely, through his own power. Christ has risen from the dead through the glory of the Father. As Romans 6 says, Christ has risen from the dead by the glory of the Father, which is his glory with the Son and the Holy Spirit. The second excellence, namely that it was glorious, is shown where it says, He is not here. Namely, the body in the tomb, nor the soul in limbo, nor the humanity in this moral life, but sacramentally in the sacrament of the altar. Thus the angel said to the women seeking Christ in the tomb, I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord was laid. And going quickly, tell ye his disciples that he is risen. And behold, he will go before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have foretold it to you. See Matthew chapter 28, verses 5 to 7. The theme is clear. About the blessed resurrection of Jesus, I have noticed three points, in which is contained the whole practically of this blessed resurrection. The resurrection of Christ was celebrated lovingly, revealed graciously, and publicized virtuously. In these three points or conclusions stands the whole meaning of my sermon. Now that we have that more serious thing out of the way, Easter also launches a season of celebration for us. And so I thought it would be good to go back to my good dear friend, Hilaire Belloc, who has inspired so much of my own work that I talk from behind a picture of him that's stylized. Anyway, here is his sonnet, his short poem for Easter Sunday, called Sonnet Upon God, the Wine Giver. Thought man made wine, I think God made it too. God made all things, made man made good wine. He taught him how the little tendrils twine, about the stakes of labor, close and true. Then next, with intimate prophetic laughter, he taught the man, in his own image blessed, to pluck and wagon and to all the rest, to tread the grape and work his vintage after. So did God make us, making good winemakers. So did he order us to rule the field. And now by God are we not only bakers, but winners, also sacraments to yield. Yet most of all strong lovers, praise be God, who taught us how the winepress should be trod. 
Belloc clearly was celebrating the intimate union of God in our daily lives here. And remember that the first miracle that our Lord worked publicly was turning simple grapes or simple rather water rather into wine. For those of us who have a tendency to be suspicious of, you know, adult drinks and things, remember the church has always been okay with moderation. And if there was ever a day to raise a glass, it would be tonight at your dinner. Enjoy some good wine if that is your inclination. And of course, as long as you are of, of course, the legal age and all the rest. <laughs> anyway, I hope you have a blessed Easter season and that I hope this long Lent was fruitful for you. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.